And welcome back, everybody. We're back for episode 27 of the Announcer Schedules podcast here on the Sports Media Watch feed. I'm Mike Gill, your host, Bill DeMont-Mollin. Of course, as always with me, he is the face, the voice behind the Twitter handle, at Announcer Skids. Can you tell we're getting to the end of the year, Phil? Uh, I'm getting ready for a lot of vacation time coming up. I'll be sitting in, listening to all the broadcast out there. Pretty amazing. We're already towards the end of the year. Um, you know, regular season college football, with the exception of Army Navy, wrapped up and coming down the stretch with the NFL. World Cup is just about done itself. You know, th- this thing has flown by. Also, we're going to touch on that as well as NBA and NHL college hoops. Looking forward to it. Yeah, let me get the handiwork out of the way first, though. Rate, review, subscribe, share, like, do whatever you have to do. Keep letting people know uh, about the podcast. That helps. There's all sorts of crazy algorithms. So if you rate, review, subscribe, that helps us uh, out big time. Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like. You can tell us what you don't like. We might not listen to you, but we always like the feedback, and it's fun here. On the Sports Media Watch feed, you get three podcasts for the price of zero, right? We got three. George Offman, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, TJ Reeves, John Lewis, uh, the Sports Media Watch podcast. They go over, like, the ratings and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's basically how this show was born. I listened to TJ and John. I'm a big fan of their podcast. I'm a kind of a ratings geek myself, much like you, uh, Phil. I love the broadcaster side of it as well. And they put us together, and here we are. The Announcer Schedules podcast is alive. And, well, week 27, we start off with the World Cup. Uh, quarterfinals this weekend, Croatia, Brazil, Argentina, The Dutch are still alive. They beat the Americans last weekend. Great ratings for that. And now Argentina and the Netherlands will play. Uh, This podcast will drop. We're recording on Thursday. It'll probably drop a little later today. So by the time you hear this, this game may be just kicking off. Argentina, Netherlands, Croatia, Brazil, that's 10 a.m. So uh, what do we got there? Yeah, you know, I was searching for announcer pairings for these quarterfinal games. Croatia, Brazil, Argentina, Netherlands, Friday, Portugal, Morocco, and a big one. I'd expect this thing to get some major ratings itself. England, France, 2 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. A lot of attention around that one. And as of the taping of this show, I haven't seen it released anywhere as far as exactly who will be announcing these games. You know, I can only uh, speculate, even though by the time you're listening to this, the, you know, the, the news may, may be out there, but I'm guessing uh, you know, of course, Strong and Holden, uh, likely that number one team, John Strong and Stu Holden, will be on that England-France game, maybe Argentina-Netherlands as well. And then you could go with a different crew with Croatia, Brazil, and Portugal, Morocco. Um, that's sort of what they did, you know, using three crews on four games um, for this last round as well. Uh, JP Della Camara and Kobe Jones uh, were on that Japan-Croatia game that was – a wild one and also Ian Dark and Landon Donovan were on the Morocco Spain game so you know two wild games there that uh, those guys got to call so I'd imagine that that's probably the scenario here but you could go you know four crews deep as well I guess and uh, Holden and Strong just getting the England France game but you know again like uh, we'll we'll find out that shortly here and you know I love the World Cup, you know, and, and we're coming down the stretch here and every game um, is magnified that much further. Semifinals right around the corner as well, Tuesday and Wednesday of this coming week. Then the finals are, you know, a week from Sunday on, on December the 18th. So before we know it, this this whole deal is going to be wrapped up. But um, a lot of, uh, you know, big matchups this weekend for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think for the most part, uh, Fox – uh, has been getting up and down reviews for this. I think the game coverage has been solid. Uh, I think it's the pregame stuff we talked a little bit about that people have been complaining about the most. The hardcore soccer fans don't like the pregame coverage. The game coverage has been pretty good. But guess what? Fox has this uh, in 2026, too, so you better get used to it. Uh, this is the way it's going to be because it's going to be in the States. It's going to be, by the way, more teams in 2026, they're expanding the World Cup feed to field to 48 teams, I think, uh, in 2026. But, uh, yeah, it goes by quick. It's like the NCAA tournament. You have games on all the time every day, and then once that kind of gets past you, it's like, oh, we're at the end of this thing. But, uh, yeah, World Cup 
2022 almost in the books. That final is on Sunday the 18th. That's a 10 o'clock game. And, uh, of course, the World Cup will have updates on that next week here on the pod. Thursday Night Football back tonight. Uh, we're recording on Thursday. So tonight, Saints and the Bucks were last week's game. This week, we're going to get Raiders and Rams, uh, and that's not the best game. Yeah, well, Saints and Bucks were that Monday night game uh, this past week. That was a, that was a wild one. I heard TJ talking a little bit about that. I, you know, I think they were recording their show as he was still uh, recovering from that wild comeback for the for the Buccaneers. Right. Buc- and then, uh, by the way, Bills and Patriots were last Thursday. Bills and Patriots were last Thursday, and then this week Raiders Rams on Thursday night. Um, yeah, do want to touch a little bit, uh, Mike, on that Saints Bucks game before we get into this week's. Um, run you know that was a wild comeback I've got some friends who are Saints fans who you know they looked at it through a whole different lens you know as far as you know the Saints kind of blowing the thing but um yeah a a wild night there you know the Monday night football crews of course you know Joe Buck and and Aikman on the ESPN side of things and uh Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner uh handling things on Westwood One. Brady with one big completion after another They began this drive at their own 37. They're now at the six of New Orleans. Eight seconds to go, down by six. Brady in the gun, flanked by the running back, White. Tight end in motion, looks into the nickel. Four-man front, Brady back, cocks his arm, a lot of congestion, throws a pass, caught by the rookie running back at the goal line. Spins, dives, touchdown, Rashad White. Touchdown pass by Brady. They've tied the game. Three seconds to go with the extra point coming up. The rookie running back, Rashad White, just caught an eight-yard touchdown pass from Tom Brady. And now the all-important extra point, three seconds to go. Suck up. Perfect this year. 16 of 16. Snap, ball put down, kick is up, flag thrown, kick was good, kick was good, flag thrown. (laughs) And the penalty goes on the Saints. I'm in disbelief right here. I am too. The Bucks. Here we go. Now the drive was successful, and sportsmanlike conduct leverage on New Orleans. Tampa Bay will have the 15-yard penalty enforced on the kickoff. That foul was on number 90. Number 90. Tom Brady with his 44th career fourth-quarter comeback. Buccaneers two touchdowns in the final three minutes. And he hits the rookie running back, Rashad White. And getting some redemption after his fumble earlier in the game. So there you go. Kevin Harlan, the call on Westwood One Radio with Kevin Harlan. What a the, the touchdown call, as he said, almost in disbelief. And you don't hear Harlan's voice crack or do much different. He actually seemed almost emotional with the fact that he called that drive. Yeah, and it, it's kind of interesting. Always when there's a, a you know a flag on the play and you're trying to sort that out, you know the announcer sometimes kind of wants to temper things a little bit because if he you know made this big you know uh, scoring play call, but then it gets called back, you know it's sort of like you know you let the air out of the balloon kind of thing. So you know that's interesting to kind of you know visualize the booth while that's getting sorted out in terms of the uh, officials call as well but all in all i love harlan on the radio you know the the radio the theater of the mind as they as they say you know a a radio call and the detail he gives if you haven't listened to like you know a complete game from kevin harlan on westwood one uh you really feel like you're there you know he's giving so many you know minute details and part of it is he's got this sort of rapid fire you know um, quick approach to it. So he's able to to cram that much more in 
on any given, you know, set of downs or what have you. And, you know, that was cool to see. And, you know, uh, we didn't hear much of Kurt Warner on that clip, but uh, Warner is a great compliment to Harlan as well on those Monday night. Yeah. I mean, you could just go from start to finish with Harlan. Just if you listen to him on the radio to start a game off, you'll hear him, you know, Here's Nick Elliott. He approaches the football. He swings his right leg through the ball. Like, he's literally, like, how many people tell you what leg kicker is? It seems so minute. But when you're listening on the radio now, you can kind of visualize this right leg swinging through the football. And I always listen to the detail that he brings to the table. And, yeah, Harlan is one of my favorite to listen on the radio. Now, he also does television as well. He'll be on TV uh, this weekend. We'll let you know where he is, but let's go through the rundown. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned the Thursday night game, you know, back on Amazon Prime, uh, Michaels, Herb Street, and Hartung on that one. And then um, another full slate come Sunday. Uh, a couple of the highlights, um, we mentioned Kevin Harlan. He'll be in Pittsburgh for Ravens Steelers on uh, CBS at 1 o'clock. Um, the number one crew of Nance Romo and Wolfson will be in Buffalo for Jets Bills. Uh, former guest of the podcast, Andrew Catalan, play-by-play uh, -play for Jaguars and Titans, um, a couple other highlights. Um, Joe Davis's crew with Daryl Johnston and Pam Oliver. Uh, that's the Eagles Giants game. Uh, certainly a big one. Uh, Vikings Lions. Uh, Kenny Albert will be in Detroit with his crew, Jonathan Vilma and Shannon Spake. Former guest of the podcast, Kevin Kugler will be in Dallas for Texans and Cowboys. And then the four o'clock games, uh, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, Evan Washburn on Chiefs Broncos. Uh, the number one Fox crew with uh, Burkhart and Olsen will be in San Francisco for Bucks Niners. Adam Amin and his crew in Seattle for Panthers Seahawks. And then the Sunday night game is Dolphins and Chargers. Um, of course, NBC, Tariko, Collinsworth, and Melissa Stark. Monday night, Pats and and uh, Arizona Cardinals, so down in Phoenix for Monday night. All right, those of you driving around, Westwood One has Thursday night football. Spiro Ditas and Tony Baselli have that Thursday night game. Josh uh, Appel and Brandon Noble on Sports USA are doing Jets and Bills. That's a good game there. ESPN Radio's got Eagles and Giants. That's Chris Carlin and Sal Palantonio. Sal Pal will be on my show Friday at 3 o'clock on the radio on 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City. So you can listen to uh, Sal Pal break that game down. Compass Media has Kevin Ray and Danny White. That's that Cowboys national feed. Uh, Sports USA has Chiefs and Broncos. It's Larry Kahn and Doug Plank. That was the game that was originally the Sunday night game. That got flexed out and sent to 4 o'clock. Troy Clardy and Brian Baldinger. So Baldy has a different partner this week. Uh, Troy, who's emailed me a bunch of times. We're going to have to get Troy on the podcast here. Um, and I do get your emails, Troy. Uh, he's doing the game for Compass Media. He's a West Coast guy, and uh, he's got Baldy, usually Chris Carino with Baldy on those games. Uh, that is Tampa Bay and San Francisco uh, for 425. ESPN Radio has a doubleheader. Brian Cooster and Kirk Morrison is in the mix for that game this week. Kirk's got a couple games uh, coming up as well. I got the look ahead to their schedule, full uh, disclosure there. And uh, Westwood One, Ryan Radke and Mike Golick have the Sunday night football Dolphins Chargers. Monday night, Kevin Harlan is back with Kurt Warner. So uh, uh, some interesting names. And uh, that Clardy Baldinger, that's the first time I think I've seen Troy on an NFL game. And Baldy usually works with Carino there. So uh, that's a new team. Yeah, good, great stuff there. And like we mentioned um, with that Kevin Harlan Westwood one uh, call, a uh, great opportunity for, to listen to all sorts of uh, accomplished announcers on the radio. All right, college football, down the stretch they come. And kind of an interesting note I think we should touch on uh, in the announcer world. This is a pregame kind of uh, announcer. You might be able to talk a little bit more about what Chris Felicia does, known as the Bear to ESPN uh, viewers. But the Bear no longer on college game day, his final game day appearance. So, Phil, if you could kind of talk about what his role is to that show. Yeah, Chris Felica, uh, Chris the Bear Felica. I actually have a um, a personal connection to to Chris, which I'll you know explain in a second as well. But the big news this week, uh, Felica to Fox. Um, you know, it kind of came up very quickly. You know, while College Game Day was finishing up their 
um, season with the, you know, the championship game weekend. Uh, Felica has been with ESPN in college game day since 1996. Grand total of 456 game day shows, 418 of those on the road. And he began as a behind the scenes researcher and stats guy, you know, who would really just feed the um, talent, you know, all sorts of nuggets and, and be working behind the scenes with the graphics guys and that kind of thing. And just was one of these, you know, s- sort of encyclopedias, you know, when it came to especially college football. And over the years, you know, he became a on-air personality as well. And they, they incorporated him into the show, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, it, it was kind of interesting on the, on the set, you know, he would make his picks, but he also, you would always notice he was kind of there with a laptop as well. And like he was pounding away on the research and the stats work while still, you know, um, doing the on-air stuff as well. And they would go to him every once in a while. Um, he also would often travel with the announcers to whatever that Saturday night game, you know, so whether it was, you know, um, Herb Street and Fowler doing that Saturday night game, and then he would kind of uh, be a um, additional resource for those broadcasts, you know, on air. Um, and then they would use, go to him every once in a while, you know, for some of these trivia, Aflac trivia questions and that kind of thing. Uh, also um, this year, I also learned, you know, with, with Herb Street getting the, Amazon Prime gig on Thursday nights with the NFL that um, Felica actually worked those also, which was kind of an interesting uh, twist to things. And so Felica would travel with Herb Street. Um, you know, uh, the, there's a charter involved in that, which is nice, and uh, work those Thursday night NFL games as well. So that that was you know a, a you know an addition for him as far as his you know, workload, but also I'd imagine, you know, uh, pretty lucrative as well, working on those NFL games. And then, you know, the big news this week that he's going over to Fox and, you know, um, you know, they obviously continue to ramp things up on the college football side with the big noon kickoff show, you know, really head to head competition against game day, but also, um, you know, Chris has revealed in a couple interviews that he's going to, um, you know, work other sports beyond college football as well. And I'd imagine gambling is a big, big part of it because, you know, he's, you know, kind of uh, worked that niche, you know, as time has evolved as far as that that gambling side of things. But um, I'd imagine you, you've you watched plenty of Chris Felica yourself, Mike. Uh, you a fan? Uh, fair to call you a, a fan of the Bear? Yeah, I really like how they kind of incorporated him in as this, you know, he's kind of like the producer, but, you know, generally – the thought is the guy who's the producer, he's got all these thoughts and ideas, but he's just not articulately great at getting them, and that's why they're not on air as much as they are behind the scenes. And they kind of took that part about him and made it part of the show, this kind of awkwardly sitting there, just throw it over to him, and he's you know kind of working at the same time, and he's looking over his shoulder, and he's like, uh, yeah, I think this is what's going to – I mean – Really, you know that that guy has more knowledge of what's going on than the guys who are on the television set talking about it, but he's just pounding out the work and doing the facts. I loved how they incorporated him. My biggest thought when I saw it, I I literally was like, holy mackerel, I can't believe that he's leaving. And I had wondered if he's going to have a similar role on the Big Noon Kickoff show or are they going to take him out of that producer spot and actually put him on the set. That is what I'm really interested by. Yeah, but not sure. Um, I'd imagine it's it's more on air type stuff and, and certainly more content, you know, when it comes to, you know, the, the gambling side in, in particular. But, you know, big opportunity for Chris. I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. I, you know, I mentioned I had a, a bit of a personal connection to him. He's a University of Miami alum and, you know, not really uh, shy about uh, talking about that either. That that's come up quite a bit on 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 air over the years. But he interned in the same office I ended up working at uh, the sports information department at University of Miami in in Coral Gables, Florida, um, the year before I arrived. So, you know, he was there in 1995. I got there in in 96 and he had just started at ESPN. And this was before the day of um, social media. You know, we weren't even doing that much stuff via email (laughs) in those days, you know, when it came to a sports information operation. But we would um, call Chris with nuggets 
um, when it came to whatever was happening with Hurricanes football. And we had like kind of a direct line to Chris because he had worked in our office as well. And so, you know, if, if there were some incredible um, nugget that came through from that day of college football that we had recognized and particularly with University of Miami football, you know, we would get on kind of our little bat line to, to Chris and, and tell him uh, what's going on and he would do his best to, to incorporate it into the show and that kind of thing. So, you know, there was always that University of Miami connection um, with Chris and myself and, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends are, are pretty tight with them also. And everybody just seems super happy that he was able to, you know, find kind of the next, you know, um, you know, move for him here to, to continue to elevate his career. All right. Well, uh, big news there. And, uh, we'll see what his role will be on uh, Fox now. So the bear is, uh, heading to Fox, uh, this Saturday it is army Navy. And, uh, that is, uh, one of the, well, it is the, uh, final regular season game of the college football season, and it has the entire Saturday to itself. Yeah, that's right. Um, Army, Navy. Um, it'd be interesting to hear from you know John Lewis. You know, historically, uh, just how well this game does. I, I'd imagine it does awfully well because, like you said, it's it's the 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 big um, you know show on that that Saturday, and it actually. Um, will be happy you know kick off in the middle of that england france world cup game but then come the second half of army navy it will have pretty much the you know the the landscape in terms of big big events happening on saturday to itself so i'd imagine the the ratings will be high and you know cbs broadcast um you know of course that that number one team who you know we've talked about quite a bit and i've gotten to catch quite a bit this year brad nestler Gary Danielson and Jenny Dell, who I think has done a great job on the sidelines in her first season with that number one CBS team. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I will say, uh, I know the play-by-play announcers, Pete DeMarco of Army and uh, uh, Pete Medhurst of Navy, uh, they have been doing some interviews all around. So they are the local play-by-players. And then, as you mentioned, um, you've got uh, the national feed, of course, uh, which can be heard on CBS, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, Jenny Dell. And then Westwood One also carries the game. John Sadak, Ross Tucker, and Tina Cerveso is uh, the – uh, sidelines so 
they do make a big presentation and they make this a huge game and uh, it deserves it. It is a tremendous. If you've never been to an Army Navy game, it is a sight to see to uh, be a part of that. So that is this Saturday and then Saturday night. Kind of lost in the sauce, I feel like, is the Heisman Trophy presentation. Yeah, I, I agree, too. You know, it's not what it used to be. It used to, you know, for me at least, be must-watch TV and appointment viewing and all that. And um, it does get kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. And, you know, the the challenge for for ESPN, who who broadcasts that, that show um, on uh, – this time it'll be on Saturday night at, at 8 p.m. on ESPN – is you know making it uh in a an attraction and perhaps you got to do more than you know what we've done in the past as far as you know just simply you know interviewing each of the 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 finalists and you know then the the reveal with the security guy from the you know from the from the the group who's who's holding the ballots and and all that kind of thing but you know i'm i'm not sure exactly what that answer is but i agree with you it's it's not what it once was but um you know certainly kind of like the army navy game it does sort of get you know the the stage to itself in a lot of ways when it comes to football on saturday night of this week all right uh the college bowls are here and that's uh, a ton of games to fill over 40 bowl games need to be filled so uh phil i don't know if um i have the whole radio list by the way of the bowl uh announcers and uh, there's a ton of names on here that you're familiar with a lot of new names so this time of the year gives a lot of people an opportunity to get some reps yeah so um just as we're recording this yesterday uh espn announced its entire commentator team for all of its uh bowl games it has the majority of the bowl games as as most people know um in total espn is um got a 40 game slate as you mentioned and you know i do want to give a, a shout out to their pr department uh amanda brooks who uh put this listing together and actually included uh, several really cool notes as far as you know kind of the things we talk about announcers um you know travel and, and going back home and, and those kind of things and you know a couple in particular stuck out to me anish Shroff will be um in charlotte uh, which is his home. You know, he's the voice of the Panthers. We've talked about him a bunch. Um, he'll be on that Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, you know, so so that's cool to see. You know, it all kicks off with the Bahamas Bowl, which I actually got to work once. And uh, Steve Levy has emerged as over time, who, who I worked his first Bahamas Bowl as the unofficial official voice of the Bahamas Bowl. That's a cool gig. Uh, this time around, Joey Galloway is heading down there with them along with uh, Chris Budden, um, you know, and, and so it's always kind of interesting to me as I go through this list, you know, some of the the locations that folks get to to work at, um, you know, Dave Pash and Herb Street, Pat McAfee, that has to get your attention, uh, that crew, that booth, uh, that's going to be the Las Vegas Bowl, Florida and Oregon State, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, which includes, you know, um, you know, some crossover stuff with Jimmy Kimmel himself, uh, typically, um, the, on the TV side, Joe Tess and Greg McElroy uh, will be in Los Angeles for that. Uh, George Sedano on the radio side. And then, you know, just looking on down the list even further, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, um, you know, that's always an interesting one. Mike Morgan's on, on that. Um, you know, Wes, who we've talked about a bunch on the show, he's heading to, to New Orleans for, for one of his assignments for the New Orleans Bowl. And then, you know, you're always curious, like, all right, who gets the the opportunity to, you know, uh, do the the big games, but also, uh, like I said, like you know, these games in the these exotic locations, you know, and um, you know, cool to see, you know, whoever gets to go to Hawaii and and all these things. And on the flip side, you know, um, you know, the guys who have to deal with places like you know Boise, uh, Idaho, <laughs> and uh, and and um, the pinstripe bowl and that kind of thing. And maybe having to contend with some, some tough weather as well, but it's always fun to, to look at this list when it comes out and, you know, having worked a bunch of bowl games in the past, it's a, um, a treat in a lot of ways and a reward in a lot of ways to be assigned one of these bowl games. And, you know, in a lot of cases you're able to take an extra day or two when it comes to the travel part and, you know, um, enjoy some of those, um, you know, perks and festivities. A lot of the bowls roll out a lot of hospitality type stuff for the, the media 
that you're you're able to to take advantage of also so congratulations to all the announcers who were assigned bowls this season well you got uh, a lot of new names on radio i mean kevin winter and freddie coleman who does the uh you know uh the night show on espn radio he's going to be the analyst for that game with kevin winter who is uh one of their update anchors he does a lot of pregame shows like uh, the baseball tonight pregame shows he does a lot of the nba pregame shows he's doing the bahamas bowl so kevin winter and freddie coleman they're heading to bahamas you mentioned anish uh, he's doing the Celebration Bowl, the Cricket Celebration Bowl with Max Starks on Saturday the 17th. George Sedano, Rod Gilmore, Jay Alter, and Dave Steckel. There's a team we haven't talked about all year long. They're doing the New Mexico Bowl. Um, we got uh, Mike Corey and Forrest Conley doing the New Orleans Bowl. Kevin Winter is back for the Hawaii Bowl. So Kevin gets to go to the Bahamas and the Hawaii Bowl. I mean, Kevin must have really had a good year uh, at work. Uh, uh, Trevor Maddich is doing the game. Our buddy Mike Cousins, who was on the podcast, he's doing the game with Max Starks. He works with him a lot for the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. We've got Mark Kescher and Kelly Stauffer. They're doing the Texas Bowl. Uh, Chris Carlin, Mark Hurlich is doing the Pinstripe Bowl. Of course, Chris is a New York-based guy. Pinstripe Bowl's right there. Mike Morgan, uh, as you mentioned, will be on the Cheez-It Bowl. George Sedano is back for the Alamo Bowl. Bill Roth and Charles Arbuckle are doing that Duke's Mayo Bowl that you had mentioned on the TV side. Mike Cousins and Starks are doing the Orange Bowl. Sean Kelly's back doing the Sugar Bowl with Robert Griffin III. So that's the first time I think I've heard RG3 on radio, Kesheser and Stauffer are back for the Fiesta Bowl. Joe Tessitore, Greg McElroy get the Peach Bowl. So Joe Tess is doing the radio playoff game. We don't hear him do radio, I don't think, all season long. Cousins and Starks are back for the Citrus Bowl. Brad Sham is doing ESPN radio in the Cotton Bowl Classic. Brad is not an ESPN guy. They must be bringing him in just for the game because of um, I guess where he lives, it's uh, obviously in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but Brad Sham on play-by-play with Dusty Dvorak on the Cotton Bowl. Mark Kessler and Kelly Stauffer are back for the Rose Bowl, and the national championship game on radio will be Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge. So some interesting radio pairings there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and um, looking forward to seeing all that. And as you're planning your, your holidays, uh, just to keep in mind, New Year's Eve on a Saturday, Saturday, December the 31st, the Sugar Bowl, as well as, you know, uh, the two college football playoff semifinals, uh, one at the Fiesta Bowl, one at the Peach Bowl. So, um, you know, Phoenix and Atlanta, uh, respectively. Uh, Dave Pash is on that uh, Sugar Bowl, along with his crew, Sean McDonough, on that Fiesta Bowl, and then the Fowler-Herb Street crew Real quick, on the when, Peach Bowl. When is the, the, the Bahamas Bowl that you said Steve Levy is doing? Yeah, it actually kicks off the entire bowl season. So that's Friday, December the 16th. Okay, because Sunday, December 18th, December 18th, he is doing Eagles Bears with Mike Tannenbaum. And then he is doing um, Bengals and Patriots the the, the Christmas Eve. So he'll be in the Bahamas, then Chicago within a two-day span there. So, um, you know, a, a suntan and well-rested uh, for those, yeah. <laughs> those NFL games. Yes, that, indeed. That trip to the, to the Bahamas. But, yeah, 11.30 a.m. on Friday, December the 16th, you can kick it all off with that Bahamas Bowl. And then, you know, um, so New Year's Eve is on that Saturday. Sunday, January 1st, will be a, a slate of NFL games. Um, so no college football on that, that uh, Sunday. And then Monday the 2nd is kind of the traditional New Year's Day bowl game um stretch you know uh games you know like uh the citrus bowl the cotton bowl the rose bowl all happening there and then that uh college football playoff national championship uh with fowler and herb street on monday january the 9th so um a lot of good stuff a lot happening um on the side of uh bowl games um we'll be able to touch on it more in these coming weeks and uh yeah really looking forward to you know, diving into these, it's it's a lot of fun to watch these bowl games. And, Mike, I know you were talking about going to one in, in person. Have you figured that out yet? Or? Well, we had wanted to go to – we were hoping ECU was going to go to either the Fenway Bowl in Boston because of the proximity to us and the Annapolis Military Bowl. They got picked to go to the Birmingham Bowl, so I think we're going to pass. Uh, the round-trip flights to Birmingham, Alabama – this time of year, a little too pricey 
uh, to go check out Birmingham. Nothing against Birmingham, but it's not a drive. Annapolis is a drive. Fenway's a drive. Birmingham, we'd have to take a flight, and uh, the round-trip flights were ridiculously expensive to get there. So not going to make it happen this year to the Birmingham Bowl. And my Mountaineers, WVU, have not been to a bowl game in the last couple of years. They need to get it right down there. All right? Come on, boys. They did get a new uh, AD that uh, they announced last week, I guess. But uh, speaking of college basketball, an interesting College basketball tidbit with West Virginia in the game from Wednesday night. Uh, I thought this was over with, Phil, but the two broadcasters were not in a studio on remote. They were in their house on remote last night, and Bob Huggins commented on it. I guess I got to get the direct quote from Huggins, but he noticed that they did not have broadcasters. That game was an ESPNU game, but I guess, again, the sign of the times that they could, uh, you know, say, hey, broadcasters, you want to do the game tonight, uh, WVU, Navy? Uh, do I have to travel? Nope. All right. Stay in your house. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch before on the show, you know, that during the pandemic, the network set up all sorts of systems to be able to to do remote broadcasting. You know, it, it, it was something that was happening on the production side um, years prior and has has happened in other sports, namely soccer over time quite a bit as far as you know announcers calling the game remotely from you know some sort of studio location whether it be a an actual physical uh, studio or a studio um, made in someone's home which was you know what came about in the pandemic um, and then I you know I think the the bottom line is uh, it has to do with the bottom line and you know so, you know the the management has decided that hey uh, there's efficiencies here um, in terms of cost, and we can pull this off for certain events. And I contend that a lot of games go by completely unnoticed that are being called remotely that folks wouldn't realize. Yeah. Um, but when it is kind of revealed, you know, so, sometimes, you know, people have made some noise about it and there, there's been a couple mistakes made, you know, a, you know, in, in all sorts of sports and scenarios and broadcasts and, you know, those get amplified. Um, but I think it's a reality that we, we've got now in, in terms of certain events being done remotely. Now, the biggest events on, on the biggest networks and those kind of things, you know, the announcers um, certainly seem to be at all those games. Um, but you know, because all these efficiencies were built and created during the pandemic, including these home studio kits, which which you uh, mentioned, you know, like, you know, I, I remember when all that was going down and ESPN would like ship to the, um, you know, announcers like this whole little kit that they would be able to, you know, set up a home studio with even some lighting in that kind of thing and be able to transmit effectively from home, you know, th- the pandemic um reason for that is is not the case anymore but those efficiencies are there and at at times i guess you know depending on circumstances or just purely a cost motive you know the the networks decide to go that route so interesting that um you know uh this was brought to the the limelight this time by of all people bob huggins who by the way is a, a pretty darn good quote altogether i mean talk about a guy who's not afraid to speak his mind over the years huggins but uh yeah kind of kind of interesting and and uh that that you were able to catch that one well and that's you know this wasn't being critical as much as it was a notice and i was wondering if people out there or is it just people like us in the business that note i could tell the 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 levels were way off the the that to me was the first thing and then huggins commented on it after the game but one of the things that struck me was they're playing Navy. It was the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. They had all these pre-recorded sessions in Morgantown, and I thought not having the broadcasters there was a little odd, but I could hear it, and I don't know if the average fan could hear it. Again, it's not being critical of it. I understand you know, West Virginia Navy is not some top-flight basketball game, but just – what could other my my point of bringing this up was not being critical. It was more could other people tell? Uh, does the common fan even know that it's happening? And I don't know. Maybe it's just us because we're trained to hear it or whatever. But when they showed the two guys on television, 
my intuition was accurate that they were in two different places. I could cert- I could just hear the audio quality. One guy was way louder than the other guy. Their back and forth was a little, ugh, you know. But that being said, I'm wondering if people out there who are not in the business could tell. I think in, in most cases they can't tell. Yeah. And I think the majority of these go unnoticed completely. And we bring this up because our next topic here is Jay Wright made his debut, and you could tell that those three guys were sitting all together because it sounded like they were three guys sitting at the bar having a basketball conversation. Yeah, Jay Wright making his debut. Obviously, you know, um, a, a big, big name in the sport of college basketball and you know, now part of the the CBS team. You know, it was interesting how CBS kind of rolled him into, you know, his analyst role. Um, you know, he did some studio work, and then he joined Tom McCarthy and Bill Raftery on CBS this last Saturday on um, the Oklahoma-Villanova game. Uh, he jumped in there in the second half and, and sat in with them for a little bit. And then he made his, you know um, – official debut his full debut as a game analyst uh this uh past week a big five game pen in villanova you know certainly familiar ground for him and then it was a three-person booth t-mac tom mccarthy uh steve lapis another former villanova coach and then john rothstein was the reporter for the game so you know for that cbs sports network game you know they rolled out a lot of stops and they had to do i would imagine with you know the the debut of jay wright you know as far as giving it that kind of treatment but uh we've talked about it before mike you know him well from the the philadelphia market uh he's a natural and uh, i'd imagine over time uh you know if he wants to remain in broadcasting uh big things are in store Yep, I would imagine that he will get a lot of work uh, on some bigger games as this uh, season kind of matriculates down the road. Let's go to the NBA. Uh, talk about Philadelphia. You got the 76ers and the Lakers. That is a national ESPN game on Friday night. Yeah, so uh, Friday night, uh, Lakers and Sixers. Uh, that's, once again, that Dave Pash um you know, crew, uh, just Richard Jefferson with them this time around. So no JJ Redick, you know, they worked as a three person booth, uh, last week, uh, Monica McNutt reporting. And then there's a late game on Friday night as well. Bucks and Mavs, uh, Ryan Rucco. That's where JJ Redick will be, uh, with, uh, Rucco. And then also Ross gold on Wooday reporting. And then Saturday night is the first, um, ABC Saturday night, uh, NBA game. Um, you know, they they rolled out this package a, a few years back, and I, I know it's it's done well, uh, and it's a chance for you to see that number one team uh, naturally, Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Lisa Salters. And then uh, Kestisher will be on, on the radio call of that one from San Francisco with P.J. Carlissimo. Kestisher's about to get really busy. <laughs> I mean, I saw his name on that college football bowl schedule quite a bit. The basketball, the NBA is starting to pick up. They do opening night, and then this is the first NBA game on radio since opening night, and then they'll have Christmas Day uh, as well. So Kestisher, he's been on the pod, and he told us about the travels. Go back to the archives to listen to that. It's about to be his busy season right now. Uh, He's gearing up. And then uh, there was an interesting story on the local NBA level. Why don't you take us through what happened uh, to Bob Rathbun? Yeah, Bob Rathman, the the longtime Atlanta Hawks play-by-play announcer, had a really scary uh, medical emergency, and it actually happened on air during their their pregame, um, you know, uh, hit that they do before these these NBA games, and they do it actually like, you know, the 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 announcers will sit on stools right on the court with the the players warming up right behind them. Um, sometimes it's taped in advance. Uh, oftentimes it's it's done live. And in this case, it was a live hit. And, um, you know, Bob had this medical emergency on the air. Um, His partner, Dominique Wilkins, right there next to him. um, You know, you could tell um, the truck, you know, cut away from it as quickly as it could, you know. But you could still, it was very obvious that that Bob was in in distress. You know, he was taken to a hospital and that kind of thing. Uh, Maybe, you know, and John and TJ touched on this a bit. And uh, John Lewis in particular had, had some um, great things to say about Bob as far as personal interactions and, and that kind of thing and how um, accommodating Bob has been over the years to, you know, to, to the public and to, to, to anybody who, you know, wants a, 
to learn about the business and that kind of thing. I got to work with him a couple of times as his stats guy uh, for Miami Heat games when the Hawks would come into town and, you know, a, a real gentleman. Um, it looks like he's on the, the rebound as far as the last um, an update we got from, um, you know, the Bally Sports folks, but a real scary situation as far as that happening. Um, John touched on this, and I, I, I agree. You know, it might be a blessing in disguise that it happened actually at the game uh, because there is obviously all sorts of emergency medical personnel right there on the spot to be able to 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 handle something like that. But certainly a scary, scary situation. And um, yeah, just our, our our prayers are with with Bob and, you know, that that he uh, bounces back soon here. Yes. Yeah, uh, anytime I always think about because you know what, if you've ever been in one of those live shot situations, those lights are just so hot. Uh, it is really, really uncomfortable sometimes when those lights are blaring on you like that, and then you have all the people kind of uh, around you, the energy in that building. So uh, definitely thoughts with Bob on that. Uh, NHL, we'll go down the stretch and finish this uh, podcast off with the NHL. Bob was shoes and our buddy who was back on the pod in the uh, archives. Go check him out. You'll hear him on uh, tonight. If you're listening, we're recording on a Thursday. He's got Red Wings Panthers. That's ESPN Plus, Hulu, Brian Boucher, former Flyer, Dom Moore, the reporter. Friday, you got Leah Hextall, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, and Linda Cohn uh, doing that game on ESPN Plus. Love when Linda Cohn gets uh, to be a part of the hockey broadcast. She's got uh, Sharks and Ducks with Leah Hextall. Uh, so the hockey season, a lot of ESPN Plus. I watch a lot of ESPN Plus. I was telling you before we started recording, I bounce in to a lot of ESPN plus college basketball just to kind of hear the different presentations and the broadcasts or when we do this and see if something sticks out. I was listening to Ball State Eastern Illinois last night. What else did I pop into? Nickel State against Texas Tech. Uh, These are the type of things that I'm doing, right? And uh, there is hockey and college basketball all over ESPN plus. It's a beautiful thing. I, I love how how deep you go with with some of these games, you know, and uh, you know I'm a fan of that kind of stuff well, as well. Let me tell it, you, Phil, I like to see the gyms too. Like Eastern Illinois gym is smaller than some of the high school gyms that uh, that like I broadcast games from. Like these small little quaint buildings, you're like, where is the broadcaster even fitting in this place? Yeah, no, no kidding. And you know, it's worth noting as you're checking out ESPN Plus broadcast. There's certain ones that are basically the equivalent to, you know, network linear TV productions in these ESPN plus Hulu games, for instance, on, you know, these NHL games that was choosing will be at, you know, down in, in South Florida, by the way, going back to his, you know, where, where he, his roots are. If you listen to the archives and the, the interview we did with Bob, he talks a lot about sports radio down in, in Miami where he got uh, started in many ways. And then Friday, you know, I love seeing Linda Cohn there as well, but ESPN plus Hulu um, NHL broadcast. Another one where it's a top notch production is the big 12 now uh, on uh, ESPN Plus for the uh, college football and also college basketball. There's big, bigger resources are given to certain shows, um, you know, where there's, you know, perhaps more, uh, you know, sponsorship and in a bigger, you know, uh, rights deal involved in that kind of thing. While other ESPN Plus broadcasts, you know, are local um, productions in, in college sports, you know, done directly out of the, the school itself in a lot of ways, you know, with, with local help. Yeah, and so it's the worth game, noting, you know, the game the, I was the, watching this. last night was sponsored by the Kentucky State Troopers. There you go. Just so. to kind of give you some indication of how localized that game was, it was the the the, the, the title sponsor or one of the sponsors of the game was the Kentucky State Troopers, and I said, okay, then this is definitely the local broadcast of the game. But I was the Nichols State. Texas Tech was a Big 12 uh, presentation. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, just as, as you're watching these games, you know, it, you know, from a, a viewership standpoint, you may want to just, you know, look at it through that lens. But it, it's it's interesting as more and more things go streaming, you know, the ESPN plus Hulu um, arrangement, some of these other, you know, treatments, um, you know, it's kind of interesting the resources put different places, even if it's, a streaming product. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up with a little Hall of Famer, Pat Hughes. 
Yeah, Pat Hughes, longtime radio voice of the Cubs. Um, this is a big, big award, the Ford Frick Award uh, for Excellence in Baseball Broadcasting. It basically, you know, for all practical purposes, puts you into the Baseball Hall of Fame in, in Cooperstone. Um, you know, Pat Hughes, uh, he's the third Cubs broadcaster to win this award. Um, Jack Brickhouse did it in 1983. And, of course, uh, everyone knows Harry Carey. Uh, he was... Um, uh, awarded in 1989 and you know Hughes has been with the Cubs for 27 seasons uh, he got started in Major League Baseball with the Twins in 1983 and then spent about a decade with the Brewers before coming over to the Cubs but um, you know I've never had a chance to interact with Pat Hughes but I, you know everything I've heard is just an absolute class act and you know does it does a phenomenal job when it comes to the play-by-play of the Chicago Cubs and uh yeah you know big time honor there he joined some very illustrious names on that list as far as uh former winners of the Ford Frick Award he'll be um you know uh formally um you know given that award at next summer's uh hall of fame inductions all right uh, very good all right down the stretch we come hall of fame great story there and of course uh, all the adventures that we've uh mapped out here we have our own adventures so let's get into them before we wrap up this week's podcast yeah i mean i'm, I'm kind of slowing down a little bit you know thankfully here in the mountains spending time with family and that kind of thing and um we've got a women's basketball game on saturday here at brevard college which you know i'll be uh, working that production on the the youtube channel and then just chilling sitting back watching some world cup watching some you know college football bowl games obviously the nfl nba you know and uh looking forward to that and um you know college hoops a great chance to catch out a lot a lot of these announcers as well so looking forward to a little downtime a little r&r you know these next couple of weeks yes indeed and uh you know same here is uh, i got a bunch of vacation time on the radio side i'll be taking a bunch of days off between now and the rest of the year. Uh, But that means I get to pick up some play-by-play because I'll be off and my schedule allows a little bit more basketball season. I tend to be a lot busier, Um, you know, so uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. But it's been fun. The year is almost over. 27 episodes in the books here for the Announcer Schedules podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, pass it along, put it on your Facebook page, do whatever you got to do with it. Um, and, of course, um, keep it uh, locked here on the Sports Media Watch feed. George Hoffman, tell me a story I don't know. Uh, TJ and John, Sports Media Watch. And, of course, us here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. All right, episode 27. We close the book on it, and we'll get you ready next week for another edition of the Announcer Schedules podcast. Have a great rest of your week and weekend, everybody. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.